Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from Dante. An inmate at the Jackson Correctional Institution. All calls, other than properly placed attorney calls, may be monitored and recorded. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, press 2. If you would like to permanently block your number from receiving calls from this facility, press 6. For balance and rate quotes, press 7. Thank you for using CenturyLink. You may start the conversation now. Welcome to the Incarcerated Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Cottingham. This morning, I'm speaking to Mr. Jerome Dillard. He is the founder of an organization called Voices Beyond Bars, a former DOC secretary appointed member of the Council on, on Offender Reentry, the state director of Expo, Ex-Prisoners Organizing, and the director of reentry programs for Dane County. Good morning, Mr. Dillard. Good morning, Dante. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'd like to thank you, man, for taking the time to have this discussion with me. No problem at all, my brother. Um, I, have, I, have some, I have some questions I'd like to ask you to get your perspective on some of the components of mass incarceration in America. But but before we get to those, let's let's, let's start our conversation about Voices Beyond Bars. What what inspired you to create and found it, and what is its mission? Uh, well, Voices Beyond Bars uh, was founded in 2002, uh, and we were a a speakers bureau right, actually created for and by formerly incarcerated people to uh, tell our stories and, and, and address the issues around mass incarceration. Um, Bushes Beyond Bars partnered with a statewide organization called Wisdom, uh, which um, is an advocacy uh, organization that worked on crim- uh, criminal justice issues. And uh, after joining them, I believe it was 2006, we partnered with them. We became members of Wisdom. Uh, we met some uh, gentlemen in Milwaukee who had a similar organization called uh, Tables of the Saints. And uh, as we began to work together with Wisdom around issues such as treatment alternatives, uh, treatment instead of prisons, which is now called treatment alternative diversions, and other issues, uh, uh, we came together in 2014 uh, after I left for a while to uh, work at the Wisconsin Resource Center as a peer specialist. Uh, we came, I came back uh, in 2014, and we were meeting with wisdom organizations uh, from around the state and we thought to ourselves it would be great to have a statewide organization of formerly incarcerated citizens uh, by formerly incarcerated people. And that's where we formed Expo, Ex-Prisoners Organizing, which emerged in 2014. Uh, Voices Beyond Bars is now defunct. Uh, most all my efforts have uh, been with uh, Expo, Ex-Prisoners Organizing, and uh, local, uh, we have local chapters around the state now. Hey, and what, what and the, uh, how would you describe the mission of Expo? And, and how would you describe your experiences working with some of the ex-prisoners? Well, I think uh, uh, it's been my mission for the last 15, 16 years uh, okay. to stay close to the population. To be uh, to stay informed on what's going on in our criminal justice system here, uh, 
in Wisconsin and around the nation, actually. Um, and that is exciting to me. I, I just uh, have a heart and, and understand the issues of uh, mass incarceration and staying close to the brothers and sisters who are impacted in our criminal justice system today was a high priority for me to uh, just connect with them, share my story, uh, and be a part of uh, the reentry process for so many uh, here in Madison and around the state now. I, I do want to say, Dante, we have uh, uh, five chapters. We have chapters all over the uh, state of Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, uh, a very strong chapter there. That's uh Yep, all these are Expo chapters, uh, Milwaukee, Madison, Eau Claire, Green Bay, the Fox Cities, and even in Superior. We have uh, formerly incarcerated leaders in these cities who are leading the charge to change our criminal justice system around the state and also taking up issues in their own uh, regions that impact them the most. It's been very exciting, and we're very close to Racine, Kenosha, and Beloit, and Waukesha County coming aboard, and we'll be at Boston really soon also. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, when you, and when you think about it, I mean, uh, when it comes to a lot of these issues, uh, those closest to it, like you say, and, and, the, and those that's been through it and experienced it, uh, a lot of times, um, most equipped and best suited to to be effective. Absolutely, yep. You're absolutely right. Expo believes that most those who are most affected by the issues must be involved in decision and making about uh, uh, our response to the issues. We believe that those are closest to the problems are closest to the solution. Something okay. uh, that we we've said for years, and uh, our macho. Exposed motto is you have a right not to remain silent. And what we're saying, that Dante, is that we need to tell our stories. We need to share the experience. We need to talk about what led us uh, into the activities that, that landed us uh, uh, behind bars. And uh, over the years, one thing I do realize is that our stories are powerful. Indeed. But we also believe, Dante, that we believe in the human dignity of currently and formerly incarcerated people, and recognize that we must come from, come, we must come from and are part of communities. Um, that's putting a face to it and, and, and humanizing the issue is very important. And yeah. Expo believes that men and women with conviction records, uh, conviction and arrest records, should be viewed as human beings, members of families, and an asset to our community. And we believe that strongly. Uh, I'm, and, and I mean, after after to, to, to nail that point home, I mean, at the end of the all day, all calls other than properly placed attorney calls may be monitored and recorded. At the end of the day, we all we all in this together. We living right next to each other. Our kids going to the same schools. You know what I mean? We 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 are, we are family. At the end of the day, so um, I, I agree with. That. And, and in preparation for for this interview, I checked Expo out and um, uh, have a tremendous respect and admiration for the mission. And I want you to know personally um, that as soon as I'm released, you, you will definitely be counting me amongst his ranks. Um, I'm all in. Thank you, brother. We need you. Our children need us. Our community needs us, brothers. And and, um, and 
I, I commend you for that commitment, and I will hold you to it, Dr. Taylor. Uh, no question. Please do. Please do. <laughs> yes, sir. No doubt. Absolutely. Hey, the expectations got a powerful influence on us, man, and no doubt. Okay. Please do. Okay. Well, I will get you our membership uh, information and also a copy of the pledge that we have made to ourselves, and uh, I, I'll get that to you. And please share it with individuals because we are now statewide. So wherever you're returning to, those of you who are in the system and are listening to this podcast, um, I want to say we're here to welcome you home, uh, to walk along, uh, walk beside you through the process of reentry and share what we have with you. For, for those listening, how how if, if somebody is interested in participating, you got an ex president out there listening. If somebody want to want to contribute in any way, how can Expo be be contacted? How can you be contacted through Expo? Okay, well, uh, our, our main office is in uh, Milwaukee. We're uh, partnering with uh, Wisdom. We're affiliated with Wisdom. I would say we are affiliate of Wisdom, our statewide organization. And we're at 2821 North 4th Street, and we're in Suite 217, and that's Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53212. And uh, we can be reached by email at E-X-P-O-G-R-O-U-P-W-I. That's Expo Group, Wisconsin, at gmail.com. Okay. Okay, and I'm, I'm uh, and I'll also make sure to uh, to post links to our expo uh, with this podcast everywhere it's posted. Okay, I appreciate that. Really, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, and, and and as the as the director of reentry programs for Dane County, what what are what are some of the what are some of the most consistent problems you see uh, brothers and sisters encounter as they reenter the community? Well, uh, first of all. Uh, um, one thing I, I witnessed and that we have taken on as a statewide organization is uh, the revocation process. Revocation. The revocations are uh, a driver of our criminal justice system in this state. Um, it is the leader in new admissions into uh, our state uh, prison system. And as the, the uh Reentry uh, coordinator for the county. I had an office in the jail, and uh, I worked out of the human services building. Uh, that was an eye-opening opportunity for me, uh, due to the fact that being in the jail and having access to uh, all the inmates. One common uh, uh, denominator that I found in individuals being there, for, even if it was for a month a month and a half, was those who were there on revocation holds. Uh, it's a real issue in our, in our state, and uh, crimeless revocations is something that we came out with in force. I want to uh, give you this uh, website. We did. We partnered with our health impact partners out of Oakland, California, okay. uh, to uh, do a health impact assessment around the state and uh, what came out was the issues of, of how uh, revocation 
uh, or the fear of replication impacted individuals on supervision. Or the, or the fear of replication. And, and, and to clarify, you mean when you say replication, you mean uh, how easy it is for, for, for parole officers to or, or parole agents to replicate um, parolees. Exactly. I mean, it is okay. stressful. It is, it is it's chronic stress being on paper. Uh, and you add that on top of to the on top of some of the chronic traumas uh that many individuals have uh experienced in their lives uh it's just an unhealthy situation uh being on paper i mean you know that all it takes is someone to pick up a phone and make an allegation yeah yeah uh, uh and, and you lose everything you lose the jobs uh everything yeah. that you have. Uh, gained or uh, the progress that you have made uh, after returning to the, the community and being successfully reentered, all it takes is a phone call uh, or you playing your music loud and being charged with a disorderly conduct. Or and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actually surrounded by some of those guys. Now, I'm in a medium institution, so a lot of those guys here, but why, why do you think it's so easy? Why do you think it's, why do you, why, why do you think that policy is, has been so uh, effective in sending people, sending men and women back to prison? Well, again, uh, it's a driver of our admissions. Yeah. It is a driver of new admissions into uh, into the criminal justice system. Okay. Uh, but uh, corrections, uh, and and I, I do have to say, Dante, I am seeing a shift because of. Uh, uh, some of the pressures that are coming from community organizations and organizations right. like Expo, uh, the health impact assessment was huge. Once people read that, many individuals uh, who are not impacted by the system realize that, uh, wow, I didn't know this goes on. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that, you know, these yeah. individuals get out of prison and just go right back to committing crimes and, right. and, and, and doing what it took to get them to prison when nearly someone who has a traffic ticket uh, uh, and did not tell their PO that they had that contact and being sent, uh, and been sent back to prison. This yeah. is something I've witnessed. These are individuals I'm working with right now. No question uh, And so... Uh, that that stress is just it's unhealthy. It's chronic, and yeah. we know that uh, stress will bust a pipe. Pressure busts a pipe. Yeah, so, it kind of it kind of uh, gives you an expectation, and then uh, and subconsciously you kind of live up to it. You know what I mean? It kind of you 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 it, it manifests itself. Um, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, and as you said, you're surrounded by so many right now who have been yeah. sent back uh, only due to revocations, no new convictions. And no new in my opinion, that has to stop. I mean, yeah. lives are being destroyed. And, yeah. and my thing is, those who go back to prison are just a fraction of those who I encountered in the jail who were sitting there on P.O. holes, and after two weeks or three weeks after they've lost their job and their housing is is in line. Then they're released back into the community. Okay, we're done with our investigation. You go. I mean, a disorderly conduct, what kind of investigation is does it take? Uh, they, what, what, they, what they do is they annihilate when, when they should be a punishment. 
But they don't. They go way, 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 way too far. And I agree with you 100. percent that, that's one of the things that needs to be reformed. Um, so to, to 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 get to my my next question for you, I, I want to make sure I get your perspective on a couple of these components of mass incarceration. How would you describe? How would you describe personally? How would you describe mass incarceration's impact on you? Oh well, I I actually came into the system in the heat of the rise on the drug war. Uh, okay. And and going into a federal prison system in the 80s, in, in the late 80s, in 87, uh, when the feds first came in with uh, what they call the new law, which is truth of sentencing, uh, which okay. so many states had adopted, uh, one thing I witnessed, and, and, and that was a paradigm shift for me, was in young, predominantly African-American men, busload after busload, coming into those, that federal Oxford Federal Prison, Duluth Federal Prison, uh, coming into that, those prisons with 30, 40, 50 years for drugs. Uh, many of them were just lookouts. Many of them were just young and, and, and hanging out. And uh, because they, you know, uh, stood on, uh, I, I don't know anything, many of them didn't know anything as far as the inner workings of some of the drug organizations. Uh, they were sentenced to long prison terms, and I looked at that, and I just thought in my very soul that this is a form of genocide. Uh, you know, young men losing the prime of their lives to correctional facilities uh, uh, is a sad thing. And in all honesty, Dante, uh, not much has changed. Uh, uh, and what I'm saying, young men, 16, 17-year-olds, being charged with uh, uh, felony, uh, felonies, low-level felonies, but the fact is they're convicted of, they are deemed felonies at 17 years old automatically, you know, automatically, regardless of the charge. Uh, and oftentimes they can be trumped up, but you lose the right to vote. You, you're uh, uh, deemed uh, 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 un uh second-class citizen at 17 years old, and, and that's troubling to me. And I think those those are some of the things that we're working on in this state, and that is getting that law changed, and even if we get it raised to 18, uh, 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 that's still too young, but, you know, uh, let's get it back to where it was. Well, and, and just to, uh, to make a testament to that point, uh, if the rules changed to 18, that would that would impact me. Uh, personally, and um, several people that I know. Uh, and it's just a year, but it's a huge deal. It would be a huge deal in an effect the lives of so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. And, 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 you know, these individuals are losing the right to vote before they can even vote. No doubt. Uh, and what, what I have noticed and something that uh, I often say is many of our young people don't feel that they're part of America. Uh, due to this this system that uh, alienates them, that uh, uh, put a label on them, uh, and and when you're 18 years old and you've been just you know you're going for a job, you, I mean you're ruled out of so many industries uh, because of a felony conviction. You can't do military. You service. have one minute left. You can't be a postman. Uh, wow, the time went fast. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, it does. Know? Hey, 
and I, I and and and, 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 and there ain't no question we can sit here and we can have this conversation, a great conversation for a long, long time. I want to thank you again, uh, uh, Jerome, for for taking the time, man. You um you 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 embody you embody uh, a lot of my uh, the things that I want to do in the future. I look forward to getting out of here working with you, and um, uh, please continue doing what you're doing. Much love and respect to you. Thank you, Dante. You continue doing what you're doing, brother. You're on the front line, and that, uh, I believe that you can you can continue to make a difference um, in, in in the lives of young men who are coming into those institutions. I appreciate and, and that. You are a, a true ambassador, brother. So keep I appreciate that. that. Coming from you, man, it means a, that's a great deal to me. Thank you. This is um, this Thank is you Dante signing off with the Incarcerated U.S. Podcast. Goodbye.